Hello and welcome to the Power Switch, gaming's call-in talk radio show. My name is Peter Spasia, and today is April 15th, 2017. This is the 22nd episode of the podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We use Discord as a means to add and drop callers to talk about video games and switch the power that is found in a typical gaming podcast. You can join our server to participate during recordings at rhymeswithasia.com slash call. Here on Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern, normally time that we at least record weekly if we don't uh, record during the week. I wanted to record this past week. I was in a New York City hotel at the W downtown, actually right across the street from where the World Trade Center used to be, kind of an unusual place uh, to be. Uh, But I I did want to record after Nintendo Direct. I was just really out of it, had a migraine headache, just felt terribly. So I do apologize if you were looking to talk about Nintendo Direct and all that immediately after the fact. It's what we try to do with the show, give people people in audience to directly and almost immediately talk about video game news in this call-in format. Uh, But we're here uh, on Saturday and I'm ready to talk about more Nintendo news than just that because it was a big Nintendo news week. Uh, I've been finding myself playing Persona 5, of course. Uh, I've been really looking forward to that game and I got back on uh, Friday and (laughs) it was just, it was a day off of work with a good Friday. So I I basically binged the whole day on Persona 5. It was crazy. So I'm now 42 hours in, all told, after about a week and a half. I had all the fallout from the fourth palace. means I now have my party's navigator. So that's that's all good. Making good progress. Some exciting story threads there. And uh, it's Persona, but just better. And that's really, really enjoyable so far. So let's get to the main topic, though. And it is all about Nintendo. Uh, we start, it's kind of a three-pronged approach as some in this uh, government in the United States would say the three-pronged approach. But we start with the NPD figures. Uh, the NPD group, you know, kind of develops and uh, kind of pulls together the video game sales figures every month. And uh, they've made some improvements recently, you know, talking about some digital sales. And this is important because it was the first month that NPD would make Nintendo Switch console sales public, available to the general public. Uh, So it was apparently successful to the point where Nintendo dubbed Nintendo Switch the fastest selling video game system in Nintendo history. I mean, think about that for the moment. For the Wii, for as popular as it was, maybe it was held back by all those supply shortages in that first month. But Nintendo Switch sold more than 906,000 units in the first month, in the month of March. Uh, You know, Nintendo was very happy with that, as it seems. Uh, but more interesting to note, I believe, is The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. 925,000 sales on Nintendo Switch. Almost 460,000 on Wii U. So, you know, basically almost two to one there. But did you catch that? The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild sold more than 100% of an attach rate to Nintendo Switch consoles. I mean, you know, on past episodes, I was thinking, oh, maybe it might be 90%. You might get some Nintendo Switch players that won't necessarily care about Breath of the Wild. And so there are different, you know, kind of speculations going about of why Breath of the Wild has more than a 100% attach rate on Nintendo Switch. Some people think, well, maybe they bought, you know, extra editions of the game, you know, the special edition, the master edition, what have you, just to kind of keep it intact there. But maybe they bought an extra version of the game just to play on its own. I mean, there's speculation, but nothing too substantial. But that was particularly notable in the NPD group sales. So switch off to a good start. It's going to be interesting to see if it can sustain it with Mario Kart 8 Deluxe at the end of April here. You'll have ARMS. You'll have Splatoon 2. Um, because there is other console news, so to speak, on the front. Because Switch is going to be the banner product going forward. Uh, you know, A lot of people kind of making headlines, particularly... On Facebook, I would say, and it would be particularly with those that aren't rather tuned in to gaming news, I would say just making big waves that the NES Classic Edition has been discontinued. And people say, no, I've never even seen it in stock. I I would have wanted to get one. It was the big product. I, I can't believe I never saw it. I can't believe I never had the chance to buy it. The quote uh, to IGN from Nintendo PR 
Quote, throughout April, NOA territories will receive the last shipments of Nintendo Entertainment System, NES Classic Edition systems, for this year. We encourage anyone interested in obtaining this system to check with retail outlets regarding availability. We understand that it has been difficult for many consumers to find a system, and for that we apologize. We have paid close attention to consumer feedback, and we greatly appreciate the incredible level of consumer interest and support for this product. So at least they you know, make mention of the... Uh, the shortages that were basically everywhere. Uh, a lot of people I'm seeing, particularly it's on you know the the Facebooks and all that. Uh, they're saying, "Why is Nintendo doing this? This is easy money for them. Do they not like printing money?" Uh, and I think, you know, this is coming from people who would actually would they seriously buy this product in April 2017. You know, despite the talk of you can't add any more games to it, you have the very short controller cables, you have these different knocks against the systems, yet you'd really buy an NES Classic in April 2017. Because do remember what this product was. This was meant to make a quick dollar in a holiday season where Wii U was on the way out and Nintendo Switch had not launched yet. So this was really just a holdover for the holiday season, just and it was marketed and shortaged as a way to try to drive up demand, to try to be this year's Tickle Me Elmo, this year's big toy that or could not be found really anywhere. And, and people are, are really still falling for that. Interesting. Um, I think that, you know, it's, it's really missing the point as to what this device is. Uh, you'd rather have the money spent in manufacturing going to Nintendo Switch. Because as much as you could say it's easy money for Nintendo to make money regarding the system, it takes money being spent to continue manufacturing the system. Uh, there's also some people saying that they would rather have a Super Nintendo Classic, an SNES Classic. I think you know you could maybe see that as a possibility for this holiday season. The one big holdup I think Nintendo sort of missed here on the boat uh, is just overall the timing of the news. I don't think it's a surprise at all that the NES Classic was discontinued. And yes, so long to the NES Classic. It was a, it's a remarkable moment in Nintendo's history that this caught on so severely. And it shows uh, the power of nostalgia, the power of their older games, their older brands. That's why, you know, when they say like, oh, just go third party, like no, Nintendo still has money to make off of these older games. But you know where they do or where they could make money off of those older games? That's on Virtual Console. That's how you need to sell these older games on your current hardware of Nintendo Switch. And so I think the timing of this announcement could have been handled better. I think that, you know, a virtual console announcement on Nintendo Switch plans on how are they going to roll out old games where you can play them anywhere on the go or on your TV and you can pay money for the games that you want. I think there's there's a value in saying that this is what we are going to offer as a future product on our current device of Nintendo Switch, you know, generate consumer interest to buy Nintendo Switch instead of a NES Classic that can't even have a controller length there, you know, a few feet away from the TV, you know, without buying extension cables, all that good stuff. I think you want to pitch the current product model and then say, because of this, this is why we are discontinuing the NES Classic. I think maybe switching that around wasn't the best idea. And that goes to why uh, they announced a Nintendo Direct. I think it would have been an interesting idea to kind of get that news out of the way before E3 2017 in less than two months. That's wild to think about. Uh, but, you know, they did have a Nintendo Direct. They mentioned that it would be Nintendo Switch games, Nintendo 3DS games. Uh, with a focus on ARMS and Splatoon 2, which are, you know, the next two big Switch games after Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. So a lot to talk about uh, in Nintendo Direct. And if there are certain games that you want to talk about, by all means, call in. But I kind of pulled out some of the highlights uh, here. You know, start out kind of with, with Pikmin 3DS uh, that we kind of seen this side-scrolling game. Uh, it was, you know, kind of at the end of last year, we saw this was a thing. It's now titled, Hey, Pikmin. Hey, Exclamation point, Pikmin. Uh, July 28th, with a special Pikmin amiibo, with, they're kind of crawling all over a rock there. Uh, yeah, July 28th, I think that's a terrible name for a game. I mean, I was kind of watching with friends and just be like, 
Oh, that's really what they're calling it? Hey, Pikmin. Okay, I mean, it's a different kind of Pikmin game. It'd probably be one I'm more interested compared to Pikmin games of the past, but not really grabbing it for me there on 3DS. This is really just, you know, getting out their last, I would almost say first party 3DS games that they're going to try to kind of give a last hurrah to the system there. Uh, Ever Oasis was a game announced at last E3. Uh, that's June 23rd for a release date there. You also have Monster Hunter Stories and Metopia, which are games that I think are already out in Japan, uh, but are getting a 2017 localization. So good to see confirmation on that front. Uh, news that I've been waiting for at least for a very long time. Uh, Super Smash Brothers, Amiibo, the final three. Uh, with Cloud, Corin, and Bayonetta. And you're getting second versions, player two versions apparently. So you have the ones that are kind of based on their in-game model. Uh, that's that's good to see. Those are the ones I'll probably get. But then you also have variations. So for Corin, it's you know it's female Corin. For Cloud, it's Advent Children Cloud. For Bayonetta, it's Bayonetta 1 Bayonetta as opposed to Bayonetta 2. And so those six amiibo are available on July 21st. Uh, now you're getting into the whole retailer exclusivity and which ones are available there because you also have Zelda 30th Anniversary Amiibo with Majora's Mask, Twilight Princess, and Skyward Sword. Those will correlate back into Breath of the Wild for specific tunics there. So Majora's Mask, I mean, you've seen the fierce deity, uh, you know, sort of armor go around there that people have kind of manufactured in there with the NFC chips. That'll be the Majora's Mask Amiibo. That's June 23rd. Uh, but again, it's it's playing that retailer exclusive game. So look up details there if you're really interested. Now, Arms and Splatoon 2, the big focus there during the direct. Uh, neon Yellow Joy-Con. Wasn't necessarily the first thought of what I would be seeing as a first Joy-Con color. Uh, you'd almost hope maybe purple might have been it with uh, GameCube if Virtual Console is going to play out there, I guess, now at E3. Uh, but yeah, Neon Yellow Joy-Con. Uh, with also the idea of an extended battery pack with AA batteries uh, if you need more power. I guess it gives a little more heft to just the Joy-Con if you're controlling it that way. I guess that's pretty good. Uh, but yeah, ARMS is also going to be out on June 16th along with those that Neon Yellow Joy-Con extended battery pack. Uh, ARMS looks like it has possible potential as a multiplayer game. When you're talking about switching characters in between rounds, when you're talking about different arms and customizable parts. There's a lot of variables at play there that can make for probably an interesting metagame. It's just going to be interesting to see if the uh, the actual players will come play arms on that system there on Nintendo Switch. Uh, Splatoon 2 also going to be a big game for Nintendo Switch. They talked about Salmon Run, uh, which is essentially this game's horde mode, or as I still like to say years later, horde mode. Uh, that's a that's a deep cut back to an E3 with Ice T. Was it Ice T? Ice not Ice Cube. Uh, I think it was Ice I T. When you know Gears of War, when they kind of introduced the Horde mode, and he goes on stage with the Horde mode. I don't know. It's it's a dumb thing. I still like to say years later, but that's just me. Anyway, new Amiibo also for Splatoon 2 on uh, July 21st. Good to see him release a game in July. I mean, that was kind of a game that you would almost say was pegged as August for sure. Uh, but maybe the Nintendo saw Pokemon Go being released in July last year and say, hey, maybe that's a, a viable time to play games now. Uh, it's interesting to see how the release calendars are sort of shifting uh, throughout generations for sure. So definitely a big, big news week for Nintendo. Starting out with the NPD sales figures for Nintendo Switch, that Breath of the Wild has over 100% attach rate so far, which is wild, pardon the pun, uh, you have the discontinuation of NES Classic, and I think a lot of people missing what that product was uh, and understand that Nintendo Switch and Virtual Console needs to be the focus for selling old games if Nintendo's going to go forward with what they have planned for that system. And then Nintendo Direct, uh, you know, a lot of different games. If people are looking forward to ARMS and Splatoon 2, that was definitely the big thing there. A lot of other smaller games mentioned there, a lot of Japanese games and ports. I mean, when you're throwing in Rayman Legends Definitive Edition in there, uh, you know, it's all the different kind of games you're talking about. But a big news week for Nintendo. And that's what I have to say. When we come back, we'll get to the callers. What do you think? I'd love to hear your thoughts, but you can also bring up whatever gaming topic that you'd like to discuss, whether it's what you're playing recently or your favorite games. Love to hear it. And don't forget, you can also talk about what another caller had to say, too. That's all when we come back here on The Power Switch. 
Welcome back to the power switch. Let's get to the callers. I'm sure we have lots to talk about with Nintendo and any other things that are happening in the video game industry. So looking forward to it. Joining us from Illinois, Video Game Guru 64. Welcome back to the power switch. Nice to be back. Yeah, yeah thank you for calling in. Uh, what is on your mind today on this Easter weekend? Nintendo Direct and I think it was okay. Nothing surprising, no, but it was okay in uh, what they announced. Yeah, they gave a lot of information, I think, and it was I think it was pretty well paced. Uh, there were certain things like I didn't need the commentated uh, arms match with oh gosh, I can't even remember his name. The the big dumb hand. Buff. Buff? Biff? I think it was Biff. Yeah, yeah. yeah like like Biff Tannen. That's a great name. Okay, all right. Um, <laughs> I didn't need that. But, you know, I think for the amount of things that they talked about, yeah, not much was really consequential, but there was a lot there. What did you make of the new format that they had where they kind of showed the rundown of things that they were talking about and those very quick transition things? I mean, what did you make of that? I kind of liked it because you... Uh understand what's coming and what's going and yeah mm -hmm. so. i mean i wish there was a i guess a little more vagueness to it um yeah there were some things where you can look ahead and and say like oh well you know something figures i'm like well that's where the amiibos news is going to probably be they're probably going to talk about smash brothers and, and other things so you know i wish there was you know some like whether they you know color code it in some fashion, maybe that would help. Um, I think they were still giving too much away. There was enough where I could say like, oh, you're gonna talk about Sonic Forces and that was still like six, seven spots down. So I, I didn't need, I guess, my eyes to catch certain things, but I guess I like seeing kind of what comes next. I just think it needs to be a little more vague, but it's it's a new way of trying things out. Uh, we you know, kind of got to see a, a different pacing there. Yeah, but in the moment you said, Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. But when you look back on it, it kind of it's not that awesome just because they've already released uh, like the games have already been released on other consoles and so such. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I can see that. Uh, you know, definitely a lot of some ports there Whether it's you know talking about like definitive edition of Rayman Legends or something like that. Uh, yeah, that's that's interesting to note. Or you you have games that are in Japan. It's like okay, yeah, good to see that coming over. Or it's the uh, the Yokai Watch Two. That's basically like the Pokemon Crystal version. I guess it was kind of uh, explained to me by those who know more about Yokai Watch. Because I'm like, didn't we have two Yokai Watch Twos already? And so it was odd to see another exactly. Yokai Watch Two, different uh, subtitling. Yes, odd. Yeah. Maybe I'm going to sell them back just to have the definitive edition because I really don't care much about yokai so mm -hmm. so it was an interesting direct I guess from that front it was you know just a, a lot of games but you know smaller ones some Japanese when you're talking about like RPG Maker Fest or uh, Cold Sept Revolution it's like okay sure mention them I, I guess but maybe some of them are like you're just filling out the direct to make it seem like you have more especially on the 3ds front where uh, it's really we're getting close to the swan song and just like the end times for 3ds games well, from nintendo well i'm sure they won't uh, be releasing anything in 2018 mm -hmm. except maybe uh just some japan exclusive titles because the only thing is uh lady layton which I don't know if that's going to get American release here because I heard it's uh, just on the phone. Interesting that they uh, they note Lady Layton. I, mean, I think they even changed the title, uh, at yeah. least over here. It's, you know, Layton Mystery something or other. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, to say that it's a worldwide release on iOS on July 20th, something like that, kind of around that time. But yeah, no Western 3ds confirmation yet like it has to be eventually right yeah. but yeah that may be one where uh, like i'll just bite the bullet and say okay i want to play it i'm just going to get it on ios i um, so we'll see and there's like another monster hunter game coming out in japan that's coming out and it's like monster hunter x x or something yeah like yeah that. yeah i don't know if that's coming here or if we're waiting for switch port or whatever yeah you gotta think i mean some people are like well what about yeah why monster hunter stories why not monster hunter on switch and it's like guys calm down 
They are making it. Like they, they have to be making a Monster yeah. Hunter Four Switch. They're not ready to talk about it yet. And whether it is yeah, a port, they're not, yeah. they're not ready to talk about it. Yeah. So you know, give it time. It, it'll, it'll get there eventually. You know, just like and a lot of things. Like 3ds, uh, we're probably not going to get any new 3ds titles announced at this year's E3. Just saying. I would say that's a pretty good bet. I think you're right there. Yeah. If if this was an e3 showing i think nintendo would be in trouble <laughs> let's yes, put it that way it would, but they it, they it, do have to save their bullets so yeah we'll we'll see something good at e3 uh but for now i yeah i just wish that maybe they would have gotten the virtual console news out of the way especially with the timing of that nes classic uh, discontinuation news uh, i think the yeah. the order seemed a bit off there to me but you know yeah yeah but i'm thinking that they're going to uh release that information as soon as we know more about the online features of the switch and the um subscription services yeah Yeah, and so that makes sense it was it's just a matter of you know where do they announce that do they get that out of the way and then have e3 be up about all the games or you know it's it's all a matter of you know the order of priorities there uh you know some interesting things with nintendo direct with like the japanese uh direct did you see well they announced a new senran kagura game yeah and like they actually showed footage of like testing the hd rumble with like silicon for (laughs) breast implants and like what does a boob feel like in hd touch i mean that's that's so japan that's ridiculous uh and since the switch is region free no there you go we can get get it here oh my god (laughs) i never even thought about that well, for those that really want to yep. feel that, you know, scientist, video game scientist tested. There you go. And see, it is not bags of sand, as a, a famous movie once said. I, I like how they're doing a horde mode in uh, Splatoon. Yeah, it gives, uh, some, it gives some co-op fun. I mean, just, you know, yeah. it makes it more than just saying, oh, it's the same as the first Splatoon, but just with more maps and more characters yeah. and more weapons. So more modes, that's good. Yeah. I'm glad they're having uh, a more sto- story mode. If they didn't actually announce it, but they said there was still more to come, so I'm I'm assuming that's a story mode. So I bet there will be. I mean, that was really you know well received for the first game, especially you know the final boss, and yeah, I, I heard a lot of good things about that. So I would imagine they'd come up come back with a new one there. There were certain parts of this direct where it's just like, okay, I'm I'm gonna tune out for a little bit there, like. Yep. Again, yeah, most of that that uh, arms battle, like I, it's like okay, yeah. need is her arms turns into a dragon. Okay, she's made of noodles. I got it. All right, Let, let's let's keep going. Uh, I don't know if you were subscribed to this channel, but did you see Game Explains uh, video on how there's going to be four more uh, combatants? I did not. Uh, my my question in Snark would be: Is it a feature length video? <laughs> because uh yeah, game explained they, they they're amazing at taking you know the, sh- the smallest yeah. trailer but then it's like it's a 45 minute youtube video i'm like i don't yep. have time for that i'm sorry i mean love the guys work no, and no it's, it's well, like andre six, and ash like they're, they're awesome but man like i, I don't have the time <laughs> no uh, i think that's like six or seven minutes long okay it's just right. like it's just like a a small little uh snippet um like showing that there's like four more uh, combatants to come. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I believe it. Yeah. They, they still have more yeah. characters to show. They, I'm sure they want to c- try to capture the feeling of, you know, let's show a new character like Smash Brothers, except it's an all new concept for a character and doesn't have any of the nostalgia and all that. But, you know, they, yeah. they still have to kind of generate whatever buzz they can about arms for sure. And surprising on the release date. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Arms not uh, releasing after e3 instead of before because i i would think you should probably release it before e3 and not get people bogged down on all the uh news and everything and then you have to go out and buy the uh arms so yeah i was expecting that to be a late may game um but you know in a way i guess it makes sense that with mario kart 8 deluxe being placed at the end of april they want that to be the game you play throughout may on Nintendo Switch. So yeah, I guess I guess, so. I guess that makes sense for it to be in June. But yeah, you're right. I mean, why not, you know, June 9th 
or something like that. You know, like a couple days before. It's like oh, May 30th or something. Like mm, that. Yeah, yeah, entirely possible. I mean, I'm glad that they moved up Splatoon 2's date. That helps. I think you know August might have been a bit long of a wait, but yeah. It's it's interesting to see kind of the games they played, especially when there were rumors floating around like on oh Amazon Italy posted that it's going to be May second for Arms and August eighteenth for Splatoon two, and I'm glad to see those wrong I guess in different ways. And then there was also what the uh, then, Nintendo uh, Switch Mario Kart bundle that was on Nintendo's Russia site, but it's only for Russia. <laughs> like, was, yep, that's exactly <laughs> what I was going to bring up. Yeah, it's, it's that's super odd. Yeah, it's super odd. Like. Why can't we get that here? Mm-hmm. Because that would be a great seller just uh, packing Mario Kart. I think any packing game would be helpful at this point. In fact, that does make me wonder, I mean, it goes back to the NPD data. I want to see how many copies of 1-2 Switch were actually sold. Uh, <laughs> yes. Because that that's really going to be like a big sort of tell of you know, I, they could have had a lot better success if it were pack-in. And it's like, oh, we sold one, two copies of one, two Switch. It's like, oh, okay, all right. I, I, I feel like it's less than... Um, let, me, let me put it this way. 10,000 wings. 10,000. Let me put it this way. I mean, so if you had 906,000 or more than 906,000 Nintendo Switches sold over or under 120,000. Uh, you know, one two switch copies. Over under a hundred under. Okay, that's that's interesting. Uh, uh, we have Darkrai uh, in our chat on uh, rhymeswithasia.com slash call. Uh, he says VG charts puts one two switch at two hundred forty thousand. That seems high to me. And you know, people say, oh, you don't shouldn't yeah. trust VG charts. I mean, they they generally get things kind of close, but always not exactly. But uh, yeah, it's just it's. It's interesting to see if like, was that even this was that the second best selling launch game probably uh, it's just remarkable with Zelda the over one hundred percent attach rate official like holy cow well, well, okay so Nintendo says uh, it uh, they're they're buying two copies of uh, uh, Zelda uh, for like uh, collectors or something like that at least one person I know bought a copy of Zelda and didn't buy a switch interesting but did they yeah. did they buy zelda for switch yes they did what sense does that make that makes no <laughs> sense i mean sure buy it for wii u fine okay all right maybe they thought it would get so rare one of nintendo's most popular franchises that game would get so rare i, I don't know that's I, I, that's odd i don't know but yeah it's lots because- lots of nintendo news um there's there's lots to talk about for sure uh, Video Game Guru 64, uh, I'll let you go there. I know you have Easter plans to, to get to, uh, but thank you so much for calling in. People can find you on the internet at Video Game Guru 64 on Twitter and other locations. Anything you want to plug? Uh, yesterday, I just saw uh, your name. It was a fantastic movie. Uh, it's getting uh, more dates uh, this week, so if you haven't uh, gone and saw it, you should go see it because it's a fantastic movie yeah, definitely a, a highly rated anime film but also a, a confusing title when you say i yes. saw your name i'm like where'd you see my name <laughs> uh <laughs> well thank you so much for calling in you have a great rest of your weekend and thanks again for calling in yep see you and joining us from new jersey matt welcome back to the power switch hello i i feel bad like i, I name dropped you as dark in the chat, and I think that's just years of habit, but you're going by uh, Grimace Duminus on Twitter. So, that's okay. uh, plenty of people refuse to switch. <laughs> it's in, for Nintendo Switch, even. Uh, yep. What is what you like to talk about today? I know there's a lot of persona going on uh, between the both of us, and but I'm, I'm sure you have something to talk about. Yes. Yeah, so there have been some events lately in the uh, in the mobile game Fire Emblem Heroes. Mm-hmm. When the game first launched, there was a um, a section of like the the battle menu that was uh that was unavailable and like they they hadn't announced what it was and then they uh revealed that it was a uh, a voting gauntlet mode where you would choose a uh you would choose a character's army and it would be like a, there'd be a theme the first theme was princes versus princesses and you would choose a character's army and you would fight alongside them and like 
go through like a mini tournament to see like whose army would be the best and like who would be most popular and everything. And it seemed like a really cool idea because Fire Emblem is like a franchise with so many so many characters, so much history behind it. Everyone has like their favorite characters and they know who they like better than other characters. Uh, so in theory, it sounds really, really good. But in the first gauntlet, which, uh, like I said, was princes versus princesses, it had like Krom, Lucina, Ephraim, Erica, and a couple others. And what ended up happening is that Lucina was such a huge force to be reckoned with, like in the very first round. She went against uh, one of the characters that was original to Fire Emblem Heroes named Sharina, and Lucina got like 2 billion points, and Sharina didn't even break 500,000. Oh my god. <laughs> Which, you know, that can happen when you've got one of the most popular characters in Fire Emblem versus with the original character that no one has any attachment to. Sure, sure. But, I mean, that extreme, like, that's wild. <laughs> yes. So the whole tournament was like, who can beat Lucina? Because no one had numbers anywhere near her. So the final round was Ephraim from Sacred Stones versus Lucina. And Lucina ended up winning by a pretty hefty amount. There were some pretty clear flaws in how the voting gauntlet happened because it ended up just being Lucina versus everyone. Uh, the people on the side of the bracket with Lucina had no chance. And there were hopes that intelligent systems, the developer would do a little bit better for the second voting gauntlet, which just happened last week. And unfortunately it was Pegasus riders versus Wyvern riders. Oh, that's right. I think so I saw it. Had, that. Yeah. It had uh, mostly characters from fates and awakening. Uh, Minerva from the original Fire Emblem made it in. There was Cordelia from Awakening, uh, Baruka from Fates, and Camilla from Fates was also in it. And what ended up happening there was that not only was Camilla such a drastic frontrunner that she had more points than every other army combined in the first oh round, God. but it actually got to the point where she had more points than every other army combined and Lucina. Oh, wow. She ended up not only completely blowing away the entire thing, but also blowing away. I mean, Lucina wasn't in this one, but like if she was with the exact same score she got last time, would have been completely blown away. Now, I have to ask, with the voting, is it a kind where you can vote once per day? Like, what, is, what are the voting limits? Because it sure doesn't sound like it's, you know, tied only once period you know based on your account it is not so the way that it works is that uh there's a consumable item called flags you're given five free flags right off the bat and uh then you can do quests to get more flags and after you win a battle in the voting gauntlet and you can do a battle every 30 minutes then that gives points to your army and you can use up flags to get more points for your army and there's there's a finite number of flags there's like some strategizing based on like improving your own individual performance by using all your flags in the first round where there's less competition to get to the top of your leaderboard or using them conservatively at first and then using them at the end to try to ensure your team's victory against a stronger opponent. There's like levels of strategizing as, as like, you know, individual success versus the team's success and like who's the best opponent to use flags against. Then it's, you know, you mentioned there are a finite number of flags, but you know, you're talking about the every 30 minutes and I apologize for, for the, you know, lack of knowledge. I mean, I, I have fire emblem heroes installed on my phone. I want to install the latest update, but I still have not started playing that. I, you know, I have never done my first role, anything like that. So yeah. uh, when you mentioned, you know, the every 30 minutes, does that mean like, you know, there are points generated that you can use towards flags or you get the flags through quests in the rest of the game, okay. like in the training tower or story missions and stuff. And you convert the and flags go, to points. Yes. Okay. So a a regular win with no flags is worth 100 points. If you use the maximum number of flags, 200, then you can get 20,000. Mm, mm. And you get an extra 10% uh, if you have the team's champion. So like Team Camilla, if you used Camilla, then you would get 21,000 instead of 20,000 with okay. the with your flags. It brings up the question now that the voting gauntlet has been totally stomped by a single team that was clearly going to win from the very beginning and it kind of it kind of devalues the whole point of the voting gauntlet. And 
there's not really an easy solution to what they can do here because how could you fix something like this like the the problem is that one team is is so popular that it doesn't matter if they're succeeding or if they're strategizing just their sheer numbers alone you you'll never match them because so many people were on team lucina so many people were on team camilla that the only reason and actually the way that i strategized was for my own personal uh success is in the first round i checked with uh, all the trackers that uh were going on on like the subreddit and on the Fire Emblem Heroes Discord and everything, people were tracking what teams were winning. I went to the team that had the least people on it and blew all my flags right there in the first round so I could make the top tier of the leaderboard. Hmm. I considered it a better strategy to purposefully go to the losing team because they were losing. Yeah, but it, it sounds like a strategy that you know not many would take. I mean, they, they'd in the case of Camilla, they'd just be like, oh, well, boobs. Yes, that it, that definitely happened. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this is like the main gameplay-based events that Fire Emblem Heroes is doing. Like there's there's like little story things with uh, new characters and like an Easter event and everything. But none of those are really driving gameplay because they just have like a couple extra quests and new characters that you can pull from summoning. The voting gauntlet is what really gets people actually sitting down and playing the game. And... I feel like if they don't find a way to prevent these huge, huge blowouts from happening, then it could really damage the game's long-term uh, viability. And maybe they could do that with some kind of handicap function where if a team is getting totally destroyed, then they'll they'll have an advantage in some way. Because just by the nature of a popularity contest, you'll never be able to like guarantee that one character isn't so much more popular than the others, especially if you're trying to get... A, a level representation of the main characters and the, the side characters. Like, no one thought Subaki and Minerva was going to beat Camilla. No one thought that Elise and Leo were going to beat Lucina. Like, it's just a fundamental problem with the concept that really needs to be fixed, and I don't know how they're going to fix it or if they're going to fix it, but if they don't, then the game might be in trouble. Yeah, that's a really interesting problem in a community that I don't have much attachment to. Uh, but as, as you said, like you can't really do much and say, oh, well, please, players of my game or our game, you know, stop liking these very popular characters that we know uh, that you love from these past games. I think if anything, you know, the one way that you might go about, you know, kind of curbing that, it's like they know going in for prince and princesses that like everyone loves lucina like and you had so many people play awakening so don't include lucina like it, it's well, possible like, the first round was lucina versus the new character for the mobile game yeah and i get like that's a whole seating thing like with brackets i mean you see in the march madness college basketball tournament it's like you have the number one versus the number 16 like it, it kind of makes sense for their perceived seating but when you know that the number one seed is there because it's really popular for a reason like do a bit of calling in your roster that you're putting forth again i mean when it's when you're talking about camilla who yeah, as you mentioned, everyone loves for the the boob factor. <laughs> like, <laughs> don't include her. You may get some people be like, "Well, why isn't she?" And you can just say, "Cause she will roll stomp and curb, you know, through the whole competition." So, I think that may be the only way you get rid of that. And you know, does that mean that you know, oh, maybe then Crom would be the next one to just come through and you know beat everyone? Like, maybe that's what you have to find out and see. I think what might work now that I think about it is if this wasn't about one character versus another, if it was about a group of characters, like the Shepherds from Awakening and the Norian siblings from Fates, the Hoshin siblings from Fates, the Grail mercenaries from Path of Radiance, Dawn Brigade from Radiant Dawn, but like have instead of armies being a single character, have it represented by multiple characters that have their own like have the have the big fan bases split up amongst these groups because it's no longer about Lucina. It's about Lucina and Krom and Vake and Virion. And then the other team has heavy hitters in like Ike and Sorin and Ranulf. Characters that individually may not be able to beat the power of boobs, but put together <laughs> can beat 
the power of edgelord fates. There you go. I love you just say it's just like, oh, the power of boobs. Um, yeah, that's, it's an interesting idea. I'd like to see how those results differ. Uh, but then you could come across the same issue of saying, well, like, well, now it's just, you know, saying that, well, Awakening sold more than Sacred Stones did. And so you're going to have more fans naturally for Awakening, you know, regardless of, you know, the value or, you know, the quality of character. Uh, so... And that may be the next problem you come across, but it would be worth a shot to just you know see an experiment. You know, you don't want that you know game totally eating itself alive based on this. Yeah, something has to be done. It might take some time and some experimenting, but if they keep the voting gauntlet exactly the same as it is now, it's gonna you know the same thing's gonna happen every single time. And I really can't imagine like any group like princes versus princesses, wyvern riders versus. Uh, Pegasus writers, whatever theme they pick, I can't imagine any theme where there isn't one character that would totally blow out the rest of them. So the the concept needs to change in a way. Yeah. Well, that's that's a really interesting idea. And uh, you want to see Nintendo do well in the mobile game space, and you don't want a game just kind of being cannibalized for something as as minor and petty as that. But you know, that's that's important. They they should look at that, and should be interesting to see how that develops over time just to you know it's in a way it's the value of these kind of podcasts just kind of mark at this point in time and kind of give opinions and then we see how it develops and does you know intelligent systems learn from this or do they just keep their head down and go on their way and how does that change things that's a very interesting point that i don't think many of others people would have would have brought up so thank you for that Mm -hmm. the game is really doing well otherwise and i i enjoy it a lot and they just threw in some new characters to promote Shadows of Valencia being released in Japan. Mm, so that's so right, they, yeah. They've got the first characters from uh, the world of Shadows, as they call it, in Heroes. Is it both Alma and Celica? Or? I imagine they'll pull in Celica for when it comes out in America because it's Alm and a couple other characters. I've never played Gaiden, so I couldn't tell you who any of them are. But we've got... We've got Alm and three characters from Gaiden and still no sign of Ike and only one character from all of Ike's games. And I'm very upset. <laughs> that, is, that, is, that, is, that, should be, that should be remedied. Well, Matt, thank you for calling in. People can find you, as mentioned, on Twitter at GrimaceDuMinis. Anything you'd like to plug? Uh, not really. I feel like this whole thing was just one big plug for Fire Emblem Heroes. Yeah, go play it. It sounds like a really good game. I know a lot of people who do play it, but... Uh, you know, see if it's for you, if one of those gotcha-style games uh, really appeal. The gotcha madness has has claimed some people. I have spent some money. <laughs> uh, well, I've managed to... Uh, a full poll of five characters is 20 orbs, and I've managed to save up 107 right now because I don't care for any of the Easter crap. I don't care for Alm. I want Celica. There you go. And yeah, it's it's all in moderation. Everything in moderation. And I look forward when we uh, we beat Persona 5, we'll have that spoiler cast come along and looking forward to talking about that for sure. Absolutely. All right, well, Matt, thanks for calling in. You have a great weekend. You too. All right, guys, thanks for calling in. When we come back, it's been a while, but we're going to get into a headline roundup. That's all when we come back here on the Power Switch. <laughs> Welcome back to the Power Switch. This week's tempo control music is brought to you by Banjo Kazooie. You can find a new video game music top 10 list from a specific game soundtrack every Tuesday over at youtube.com slash rhymes with Asia. Now it's time for a headline roundup. Going over the video game news from the past week that didn't make the top of the show, we start with Microsoft giving digital refunds on Xbox One on a kind of trial basis to alpha testers, kind of their Xbox Insider program. Uh, this is really interesting because, you know, Steam has had for the last year or so uh, their refund process for digital goods. And it's, you know, Steam, it was like if you, you know spent less than two hours or anything like that, or if it's... Uh, you know, 48 hours after purchase, but you know, two hours of gameplay. So it'll be interesting to see what Microsoft is actually testing here and if it actually rolls out to the public, which it still has yet to do. Uh, it'll be interesting to see when Sony follows suit, if they do. Um, but you know, some people say, you know, the worry about the digital future is like, how can I, you know, redeem my digital goods 
and and what you know what circumstances so this is a good step uh, just to kind of have people embrace digital future a little bit more that's it's positive there star wars battlefront 2 the 2017 game not the 2005 game you know very confusing when you have such exact titles there uh but the new battlefront game out this year november 17th uh, there was the teaser trailer that leaked earlier this week it's now official as part of the star wars celebration uh you know some interesting facts i guess from the playstation twitter just kind of to note uh just debuted the campaign casts players as an imperial special forces soldier at the end of return of the jedi apparently a canon story so go figure there it's canon in the star wars universe uh at certain points in the single player campaign good that there's a single player campaign that was missing in the first game which was sorely lacking of content you'll play as luke skywalker and kylo ren among other heroes interesting on the playstation trip they say kylo ren is a hero but you know maybe i don't know what happens in episode eight who knows and then uh, all eras of star wars so prequels you know the current uh, trilogy and the, so everything there so it seems like it's nice that they're actually putting in time into this game you know develop more content uh, it was an okay foundation you know not a lot of people played it but you know you know not a lot of core players i don't think really got onto the uh, the battlefront hype train but i know a lot of people who don't play games as much that they yep said yeah, star wars i'm gonna buy it i'm gonna play it and maybe they don't necessarily know that it was lacking of content but you know this this year's offering seems to be a little better i suppose but we'll see when e3 rolls around we'll get more gameplay and the like so that happened this week. Dragon Quest XI is going to be out in Japan on July 29th. Uh, they kind of had a mini Square Enix direct sort of showing, if you'd like to call it that. Uh, the most interesting thing from that is there's going to be a special package for Dragon Quest XI in Japan that has both the PS4 and 3DS game included. Yeah, Square Enix worked with Sony and Nintendo to have both games which have sort of different visual styles there, even what the 3DS version has, kind of more a 3D look on the top screen, but then the traditional 2D on the bottom screen. But yeah, PS4 and 3DS in one package for a special edition of the game. That's really interesting. But most notably, Nintendo Switch was really not mentioned during that at all. And that's troubling when Dragon Quest XI was one of the first games back in the NX era saying that, yep, Dragon Quest XI, and they said, well, and 10, I think, will be on Nintendo Switch, and uh, it's a little concerning that maybe Square Enix is backing out of that. They said, oh, more information on the Switch version will come soon, but that could easily be code for we're dropping like it's hot for some reason. That's that's unusual. Uncharted The Last Legacy, a game I'm looking forward to, uh, will be available on August 22nd here in the United States for $40. So definitely more than just a standalone DLC sort of thing. I think even at Best Buy, the uncharted 4 season pass as it were was still available for like 25 dollars so you could technically get it for that price i'm not sure if that's you know stayed the same now as recording or even when this gets posted uh but do note that it'll lack the pre-order bonus that will be whether it's on the ps4 digital storefront or amazon or things like that uh, it'll come with jack and daxter the ps2 classic playable on ps4 not the you know, not any sort of remaster or anything like that, but just like how you can get, what, Parappa the Rapper 2 or other PS2 games you can play on PS4. Uh, Jack and Daxter, one of Naughty Dog's earlier games available through that as a pre-order bonus. And finally, Bayonetta is finally available on Steam. It's part of a PC release. Uh, this is part of an April Fool's thing that actually sort of came to their game, this Bayonetta countdown sort of thing. And it's good to see Japanese game publishers like start to embrace PC gaming and in Steam. I mean, we saw it with Spike Chunsoft and you know releasing the Zero Escape games and Danganronpa games, and to see these Japanese publishers embrace Steam, it's a positive thing. We'll and it's it's all based on the publisher, so we'll see what happens if Nintendo's like, no, we're holding on to Bayonetta 2. We're do we do a port for Switch? Or we just keep it locked away on Wii U forever, or do we you know kind of you know, give the rights after, you know, so much time to PS4 and Xbox One and PC. So something to keep an eye on that, you know, Bayonetta is out on PC. Uh, I guess, you know, the main price is $20, but they had a, a early, you know, sale sort of special price there. Something to keep an eye on, you know, Japanese game publishers kind of embracing Steam and the PC digital storefront. 
And that'll do it for this episode of The Power Switch. We are hosted by RhymesWithAsia.com and we are on YouTube and Twitch at RhymesWithAsia. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at The Power Switch. And you can email us any questions, concerns, comments, or opportunities at PowerSwitchPod at gmail.com. You can subscribe to The Power Switch on podcast services such as iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. And if you'd be so kind as leave a review, that would really help as well. But most importantly, to participate in future episodes, you should join our community on Discord at RhymesWithAsia.com slash call. It's a small but growing community, and these early months of the show, it'll be easier than ever to have your voice heard on this podcast. Uh, if you want a YouTube video to watch, something that's caught my eye is uh, the Game Grumps trying to do some sort of different videos, and they had a video called the Game Grumps Hotline. You know, kind of buy a burner phone, give the phone number out on Twitter, have anyone call, and they kind of record the shenanigans that happen. It's a 10-minute video, but it's it's fun to see those kind of, you know, just that fun that can be had, uh, especially for internet figures such as the Game Grumps. So do check that out. It's, it's a fun little video to watch. Yeah, Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, I'm going to try to make this one stick. Hopefully in, you know, coming weeks we'll have you know, some more guests. Uh, got a, a special one lined up, hopefully, that we're going to try to make work with scheduling and all that. But that'll that'll be really neat. Uh, enjoy your Easter weekend if you're celebrating. You know, spend time with family regardless. Or keep playing Persona 5 like I'm going to do. So stay tuned to our Discord channel as all of this develops. Whether it's live or on your own time, I look forward to you joining us for our next episode. With that, I'm Peter Spezia. Until next time, switch up, call in, game on.